1 Corinthians chapter 12. And let's pray as we get started. Well, our God is strong. Our God is able. Our God is mighty. Our God is faithful. And we look to you this morning, our Lord God, in and through Jesus, your Son, whom you sent, that everyone clinging to Christ might be forgiven. And we just look to you, Father, in and through the Son, and ask for your blessing as we open your word again this morning. We thank you. You have breathed out the Scriptures for our eternal good. And we would ask, Father, as um, we now turn towards uh, a new subject here concerning the Holy Spirit, we would pray for the blessings of your Spirit working in and through your Scriptures, that amazing convergence of the Word and Spirit. And Jesus, You say in the Word, if we, being evil, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So we just ask You, Father, that You would give the Holy Spirit. We thank You in Christ. We have all the Spirit. But we would ask for uh, more empowerment from the Spirit. More leading. More guidance. Lord, we would ask You for anything You would give us in and through Christ Uh, through Your Spirit. And we just thank You for it, Father, and offer it up to You. And trust, Lord, You will bless Your Word for Your glory and for our eternal joy. We thank You for it. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Well, as uh, many of you know, I've been preaching lately through the book of Acts. But we are now taking a break uh, from Acts to do a series on 1 Corinthians 12-14, to 14, uh, looking specifically at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this uh, sermon series is a few years in coming now. Uh, a, a few years ago, the elders identified that a growth area for our church was probably the person and work of the Holy Spirit. It's just so easy as a church to kind of overlook or neglect the Holy Spirit. Christians in the past at times have called the Holy Spirit the forgotten God, the, the forgotten member of the Trinity. We think of the Father, we think of the Son, but we just so often overlook the the Spirit, and the elders felt that one way we could grow as a church in some really good ways would be to focus for a time on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. So Pastor Levi uh, preached a series on the Holy Spirit when he had an opportunity to preach, uh, a series called The Empowered Church. And I then started preaching through Acts, and one of the reasons was because Acts shows us so much about the person and work of the Spirit. And the design all along was that at some point I would pause in the book of Acts and I would preach on the gifts of the Spirit. So for the next couple of months, that's what I will do. I'll tell you how we'll do this. The first two sermons, today and next Sunday, will will just kind of be set up sermons. We'll just cover a few interesting...
introductory issues concerning the spiritual gifts. We'll just kind of dip into different places here in 1 Corinthians 12 and f- through 14, as well as some other texts. And the third sermon in the series then will start verse by verse through these three chapters. And here today, all I really want to do is I want to cover the why for this sermon series. You know, when you're in seminary and you're learning to preach, they teach you that you always need to answer the why question. Why are you preaching through this book? Why are you hitting this topic? Why uh, are you uh, preaching this series? So I want to try to answer the why question this morning. Why this series on the spiritual gifts. There are lots of reasons why we're doing this. I'll give you just five reasons this morning, five reasons for this series on the spiritual gifts. And here's reason number one, why this series on the spiritual gifts? Well, because spiritual gifts are to be understood. Spiritual gifts are to be understood. God God wants us to be informed concerning spiritual gifts. Paul says it right at the start of chapter 12, if you look at verse 1. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, or brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And the Greek could be translated as ignorant. When it comes to spiritual gifts, God does not want you as a Christian to be ignorant, to be uninformed, or worse maybe, to be misinformed. Uh, you, You ever receive a gift at Christmas and you open the gift and you look at the gift and for a second... You don't know what it is. (laughs) You don't know what the thing does. And and all these people are waiting for your reaction. So you do what any good Christian would do. You fake it. Man, uh, this is fantastic. Thanks for this gift. And you know you're really just buying time for your brain. And you're hoping your brain, as you handle this thing, will suddenly figure out what this thing is and what it's supposed to be used for. But then there's always that awkward pause and you have to say, what is it? <laughs> what did you just give me? And, and it's a gift. It's to you but you're uninformed. You don't know what it is. You don't know what it's supposed to be used for. And listen, until you actually learn what it is, until you actually learn how to use it, you can't use it. Or you won't use it in the right way. And as a Christian, you have received spiritual gifts, but you need to be informed, or you cannot use them, or you won't use them in the right way. And man, you you pause and think about this idea of gifts. You know, one of the most amazing things about the Christian life, it's amazing that God would give us gifts at all (laughs) when you consider where we started from. The Bible says that in our natural born state, we are sinners. We are rebels against God. 
The Bible says that we are hostile against God, enemies against God, living underneath the wrath of God. And please hear this. In that lost condition, we do not deserve any good gifts from God. We do not deserve good gifts. The only thing we deserve in that lost condition is God's eternal wrath. I had a seminary professor, I actually quote from him quite a bit on Sunday mornings, Derek Thomas. Uh, he used to say all the time in this great Welsh accent, which I will not uh, try to copy, he would say, we deserve in our lost state nothing but God's unmitigated wrath. God's undiluted, unadulterated, Sheer wrath. But the amazing thing is the Bible says that God is full of mercy. And because of that, God can give you things you don't deserve, which is really good. God sent His own Son to take on the cross the wrath that we deserve. And for everyone who now trusts in Christ, clings to Christ in faith, God no longer gives you the wrath that you deserve. No, God now actually starts to lavish upon you all these good gifts that you don't deserve. He gives you, when you trust in Christ, the forgiveness of sins. He brings you into his family. He calls you his child. He will never, ever leave you. And do you know that one of the greatest gifts that God gives you as a Christian? Well, he gives you the Holy Spirit. He gives you the third person of the Trinity, God himself living within you now. That's an amazing gift from God. The apostle Peter, when he was preaching at Pentecost, he said this in Acts 2.38. He said, repent. And that means to turn away from your sin. Turn to Christ in faith. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing gift from God that we don't deserve. It's a gift that God gives to all his people when you first trust in Christ. The Spirit now living within you. But it gets even better because this spirit inside of you now gives you this spirit inside of you now imparts to you certain spiritual gifts things that the spirit now empowers you to do and listen every christian has some spiritual gifts we do not all have the same gifts Gifts of the Spirit are maybe like a fingerprint. Not every Christian has the same gifts. Not every Christian has the same mix of gifts. Not every Christian has the same strength of of gifts. But every Christian has some spiritual gifts. If you look at 1 Corinthians 12, 7 in your Bible, or you can see it up here, Paul says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one Christian is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and so on. Verse 11, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one 
individually as he wills. The Spirit, Holy Spirit, as he wills, sovereignly apportions, distributes to each and every Christian certain spiritual gifts. Or 1 Peter 4.10 says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Uh, John Piper, a former pastor of Bethlehem Baptist Church, the church out of which this church was planted, Piper commented on that First Peter text, and Piper said this. He said, note that each has received a gift, or I would say multiple gifts. Gifts are not for a few Christians, but for all. And every believer has abilities which the Holy Spirit has given. Which, man, you you pause and stop for a second. That is fantastic news for those of you who follow Christ. God has blessed you. God, God has blessed you. He's given you, first of all, this amazing gift of the Holy Spirit himself living in you. But this Spirit has now imparted to you, given to you certain spiritual gifts. They might be weak in you. Like a muscle that you've just never really used. You might not know how to use your particular gifts. You might not even know that those gifts are there yet. But you have them. And the Bible indicates that the Spirit can give you more gifts. As you use your gifts, as you pursue the gifts of the Spirit, as you pray for the gifts of the Spirit, you can, it seems, receive more gifts from the Holy Spirit. We'll see it in a second. But here's the thing. God doesn't want you to be uninformed concerning the spiritual gifts. He wants you to understand the the gifts. He wants you to know how they work. He wants you to know how to use your gifts in ways that he has intended. And listen, that, I believe, is one of the major problems in American Christianity today when it comes to the spiritual gifts. Many Christians have just never been informed biblically as to what the gifts are. They've never been informed biblically as, as, as to how God intends that the gifts be used. And, and now, listen, we see all kinds of abuses of the spiritual gifts on TV and elsewhere. People doing all kinds of crazy things and calling it a gift of the Spirit. Knocking people over. Faking miracles and then asking you to give money to their ministry. People barking, supposedly, in the Spirit. People walking around like they're drunk, can't control themselves, supposedly, in the Spirit. Listen, there is all kinds of crazyville out there. And people calling that the Spirit. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. And listen, I know many Christians have seen those abuses of the Spirit. They've been affected by those abuses. And now they don't want to touch the gifts of the Spirit with a 10-foot pole. And it makes sense. And the, the idea is, I mean, you, you can have the gifts of the Spirit. It's safer over here where we never talk about them. And where we can actually control God a little bit more. Sam Storm says that as Christians, 
He says that Christians tend to live by this unspoken 11th commandment. It's not a commandment found in the Bible, but it guides... Go ahead and take that down for a second. I can tell when I've lost everybody. Okay. An 11th commandment, he says it's unspoken. It's not in the Bible, but he says that this commandment guides a lot of our actions. He calls it the 11th commandment of evangelical Christianity, and it goes like this. Thou shalt not do at all what others do badly. And how many times do we live by that 11th commandment? And please hear this. That right there comes into play a ton when it comes to the spiritual gifts. We see people abusing the gifts, doing them badly, and we suddenly don't want anything to do with them at all. But, but you know this, it is never good to throw the baby out with the proverbial bathwater. Yes, there are abuses when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. So throw the bathwater out. But keep the baby. Keep the gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because God talks in the Bible about the gifts of the Spirit. We just need to be informed biblically, not ignorant as to what the gifts are, and not ignorant as to how God intends for the gifts to to be used. And that's one reason why I'm preaching this series, that we might be informed, because spiritual gifts are to be understood. And a second reason why I'm preaching this series on the spiritual gifts, here it is, because spiritual gifts are also to be used. Spiritual gifts are to be used. God, God doesn't just want you to be informed, Christian, about the gifts so that you can then spot abuse on TV or something like that. No, God actually wants you to use your gifts. And it's like, it's like that gift at Christmas. You know, it's great when you actually figure out what the thing is and what it's supposed to be used for, but you don't then just set it on the shelf and never touch it again. No, you, you use the thing. Or... If, if you don't want to use it, I guess you just re-gift it. <laughs> the next Christmas, look, I shopped all year for you for this gift. No, l- listen, gifts are to be used. And God wants you to use your spiritual gifts. Romans twelve six says this, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching and so on. And 1 Peter 4.10 says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Wayne Grudem says this, he says, even though we have been given gifts by God, we are still responsible to use them effectively and to seek to grow in their use. And you know what? There are many possible gifts that the Holy Spirit might give to you. As you read through the Scriptures, you can see just all these different lists of possible spiritual gifts. 
All kinds of things the Spirit can empower you to do. I'll just give you a taste of the different gifts in the Bible here on the screen, just some of the possible gifts. The first few up here will be taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 7, if you'd rather look at your Bible. Here's just a taste of the gifts of the Spirit listed in the Bible. The Bible mentions words or utterances of wisdom, words of knowledge, a gift of faith, a gift, gifts of healing, Working of miracles, gift of prophecy, ability to distinguish between spirits, various kinds of tongues, ability to interpret tongues, gift of helps, administration, serving, teaching, encouraging, contributing, leadership, mercy, and so on. Pause for a second. Do you know another way that Christians get into abuses of the Holy Spirit? We start just focusing on the extraordinary things that the Holy Spirit might do. And yes, the Holy Spirit can and does do extraordinary types of things. But did you notice how many of those gifts of the Spirit are more ordinary types of things? Such as serving, teaching, encouraging, contributing, leadership, mercy, and so on. So as a church, we want to talk about both extraordinary and ordinary, but we don't want to get in a ditch either way. And, and there, there, there's just all kinds of possible gifts the Spirit could give to you. And here's the thing. We just want to be a church that uses the gifts we're given. We just want to be good stewards of all that the Father would give us in and through the Holy Spirit. Here's 1 Peter 4.10 again. Peter says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied Grace And see, when you use your spiritual gifts, you are being a good steward of the varied grace that God has so graciously given to you. And listen, I don't want to be the guy who puts all his Christmas gifts on the shelf. I don't want to be in a church that puts all the Christmas gifts on the shelf. No, we want to use our gifts. We, we want to train people how to use their gifts. We want to make room in the daily rhythms of our church so people can use their gifts. And we'll talk about some of that stuff here in this series. We will receive some very practical training here in these chapters from Paul on how to use our gifts biblically. Scriptural guidelines so that we avoid the abuse but we don't discard the baby while we throw out the bathwater. We will talk in this series about how we might use our gifts in our Sunday service, or in our life groups, or in our daily lives just with families and friends. We are going to begin to make some room in our service and in our life groups so people can use their gifts a little bit more. And that's just another reason why I'm preaching this series. Because spiritual gifts are not just to be understood, spiritual gifts are also to be used. And a third reason why I'm preaching this series, because spiritual gifts are to be desired. Because spiritual gifts are to be Desired. And you know, it's one thing to be informed about the spiritual gifts. It's another thing to use your spiritual gift when you have an opportunity. But it is an entirely different ballgame to actually desire the gifts 
of the Holy Spirit. To actively and intentionally seek the spiritual gifts. To pray for the gifts. To, 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 to pray for more of the spiritual gifts. But please hear me. That is exactly what God tells you to do, Christian. You know, three times in these chapters here, as we work through them, you know what we'll see? Three times God tells us to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And let me show you. You can flip in your Bible if you want or just look up here. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Paul says this. He says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And just pause. I want you to just let that land on you, inspired scripture. God just told you there, Christian, to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And the Greek word is zelao. It could be translated as be intensely interested in, be zealous for, strive for, exert yourself for the spiritual gifts, especially, Paul says, that you may prophesy. Little side note here, because we'll talk about this more later. We do believe here in this church that all the gifts in the Bible, in this inspired word of God, all the gifts are still active today. Some Christians believe some gifts have ceased. It's a position called cessationism. They believe that uh, the more miraculous gifts like prophecy or tongues or maybe the gift of healings, those things are no longer active today. Uh, But the official position of this church is continuationism. Our elder affirmation of faith, which we took from Bethlehem, which John Piper helped to write, it says that all the gifts are still functioning today, still continue today. Now, let me be clear. You do not have to believe that to be part of this church, but you just need to know that is our official position. And if you do believe otherwise that some of those gifts have ceased in the interest of unity, we would just ask you to keep your beliefs to yourself, not teach or encourage people in ways contrary to what the elders believe is biblical. So we believe that gift of prophecy that Paul just mentioned is still active today. And we'll talk later about what that might mean, but we believe it is still active. And listen, according to Paul, prophecy is one of the higher gifts because uh, prophecy, as we'll see, can edify the entire church. Some gifts like mercy, maybe, they can edify parts of the church. Your church serves a a certain family that's gone destitute, that gift of mercy serving a small part of the church. But prophecy can edify lots or all of the church. And for Paul, the gifts that edify the greatest percentage of the church, well, those are the higher gifts in Paul's mind. And Paul just told you there, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire all of the spiritual gifts. Paul is saying, seek the spiritual gifts. Uh, Pursue the gifts. Pray for the gifts. Pray for healings. Pray 
for words of wisdom, words of knowledge, or mercy, or administration. Pursue and, and pray for all the gifts, earnestly desire all the gifts, and especially, Paul said, that you might prophesy. Paul says similar things elsewhere. If you look at uh, 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty nine, Paul says, So, my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. And then flip back to 1 Corinthians 12, 31. But earnestly desire, Paul says, the higher gifts. And I, I don't want to get deeply into prophecy or anything like that today. Here, here's my simple point today. All I want you to notice, in these chapters here on the spiritual gifts, three different times God, speaking through the Apostle Paul, says earnestly desire. Earnestly desire the higher gifts. Earnestly desire that you might prophesy. And 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1, God simply says to you, Christian, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Zelao, be intensely interested in, zealous for Strive for, exert yourself for the spiritual gifts. And, and please hear me when I say this. All three occasions where Paul says earnestly desire, those are all commands. God commanding you Christian to earnestly desire, to seek for, to pray for, to pursue the spiritual gifts. Your commands. And I just pause. I wonder, I wonder how many Christians have actually taken those commands seriously. You know, there's lots of commands in the Bible. Love one another. That's a big command in the Bible. We find it everywhere. And Christians are very uh, earnest about trying to obey that. We want to love one another. These commands earnestly desire the spiritual gifts are no less commands from God than that command to love one another. They are commands from our strong, our able, our mighty, our faithful God breathed out to us in Scripture. And you know, we have these commands that earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, and, and I think a lot of Christians never think about the gifts. Many Christians don't want to touch the gifts with a 10-foot pole at this point in their lives, but please hear this. As far as God is concerned, it's not okay to avoid the spiritual gifts. It's not okay to be standoffish concerning the spiritual gifts. God tells us to earnestly desire the gifts. So throw the bathwater out. Yeah, throw the abuses out. But make sure you keep the baby, keep the gifts, and pursue the gifts hard. And, and here, you, you might be a cessationist here this morning. Okay. Okay. Love that you're here. And... As a cessationist, earnestly desire, seek, pray for, pursue the gifts that you think are still active. And listen, as a continuationist church, we believe all the gifts are active. 
And we believe then that God wants us to earnestly desire, to seek, to pursue, to pray for all the gifts, especially the higher gifts, like prophecy. To some of you, that may sound very foreign. That is not foreign. That is a scriptural concept. John Piper says that he prays regularly before he preaches that God would give him the gift of prophecy. That God would give him in the pulpit this ability in the moment to say something that would disclose the secrets of someone's heart. And that is exactly what Paul says prophecy does. It is something that discloses the secrets of a person's heart so that they might be brought to Christ. I pray for the gift of prophecy regularly. Before I preach and at other times, I've done it for eight years. We don't just want to be a church that hopes for the gifts of the Spirit. We don't just want to be a church that hopes for things like miracles or healings or gifts of mercy or administration or serving. No, we want to be a church that obeys God's commands and earnestly desires those things. That we would seek and we would pursue, we would pray for, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts as God has commanded. And listen, that, 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 that's, uh, you stop and think about this, pursuing gifts of the Spirit. You know, when it comes to Christmas gifts, birthday gifts, we adults, we're not really all that good at pursuing gifts. I mean, you might want a gift as an adult. You, you might want it really badly, but we're very coy as adults and we're too cool to really pursue a gift. So it comes out kind of sideways, you know. Hey, wife, you, you, you remember that electric saw we saw at Menards? Well, uh, that'd be all right, you know, someday to get, maybe, whatever. I don't care. But man, listen, you know who desires who pursues a gift? It's your kids. It's your kids. If you got kids, you know kids can pursue gifts. My kids, they want something. That's all you hear. <laughs> please, 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 daddy. You seen the movie A Christmas Story? <laughs> there is no doubt what Ralphie in that story wanted for Christmas. He told everyone, I want an official Red Rider Carbine Action 200 shot range model air rifle. Please. And he always heard, you'll shoot your eye out. But listen, it's a child. Here's the thing. God says, unless you're converted and become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. It's that childlike spirit that does what God asks, and God rewards it. And God has said very simply, earnestly desire the spiritual gift. So whether you're a cessationist or, or whether you're a continuationist, it doesn't matter. It's a command. Pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit like a little child. And God will reward you. And that's another reason for this series. Why preach on the gifts? Because spiritual gifts are to be understood. They're to be used. But they're also to be desired. And as elders, man, it is our prayer. We've been praying and fasting for quite a few weeks now that during this series, God would stir in our hearts a great desire for the things of the Spirit. That God would stir an expectation that He works in and through His Spirit in very personal ways today. 
like he has all through history, the same God yesterday, today, and forever. That we would pray for healings, that we would pray for prophecies, that we would pray for the gifts of administration and mercy, that we would pray for miracles in our church, expectant that God will bless his little children. A fourth reason for this sermon series, why preach on spiritual gifts? Because spiritual gifts are for our good. They're for our good. You know, a a lot of Christmas gifts that you receive, that I receive, they're not really that good for us when when you stop and really look at them. Man, I I have seriously learned something about gifts. Gifts at Christmas especially. When you reach a certain age, like 50 maybe, which I turned a year ago, everyone suddenly thinks, all you want is food. Uh, you, you, it's, it's something attached to the age. You, everybody looks at you and says, nah, it's food. This guy, this guy likes food. No, we don't even need your list. We can tell you like food. And man, this past Christmas, and don't get me wrong because I love all of these things. I'm actually glad I get these gifts at this uh, point in my life. But I received s- several types of candy, breath mints, Lucky charms from my kids. And listen, those will be in heaven. I'm convinced. So I was very thankful to receive them here on earth. And I received a bunch of nuts. <laughs> and, and listen, can you tell me what's the deal with the nuts when you reach a certain age? A few years ago, I just started getting all these nuts for Christmas. And they're all kinds of nuts. They're honey roasted. They're jalapeno. They're wasabi. I didn't know they made that many nuts. And I discovered that I love them. <laughs> so I'm really glad that's what I get. But man, it's all these food gifts for me now at this point in my life. And most of those gifts, just not all that good for me. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they are just so very good for you, Christian. And here's the thing that's important for us to catch. They're not just good for you individually. They're good for our entire church. And we will see it in 1 Corinthians. Listen, the number one reason that Paul mentions here for why God gives spiritual gifts to us is for the good of the church. It is for the edification. It is for the building up of the body of Christ. He says it multiple times through here. You look at verses 12 through 7. I mean, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Paul says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. God gives you gifts, Christian, for the common good of the church. Or 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. He says, What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn has a lesson, has a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. For building up the church. Or for building up the people within the church. Or here's 1 Corinthians 14.3. Paul tells us why prophecy is greater than tongues. And Paul says, because the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding. 
and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Or 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12. So with yourselves, Corinthians, Paul is saying, so with yourselves, since you Corinthians are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Or 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Peter even says here, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. It is just over and over and over again in the Bible, this emphasis, why does God give spiritual gifts for the common good of the church, for the upbuilding, for the, for the edification of the people in the body of Christ, for our, our corporate good. And, and please hear this. Do you see what God just did in his word? You see what he did? God just corrected half the abuse in the world when it comes to spiritual gifts. Because here's the thing. A lot of the so-called gifts that you might have seen on TV, the, the, the crazyville things, the false miracles done in order to make more money or that the people barking are supposedly drunk uncontrollably in the spirit. Well, the Bible tells us to test all things. And you know, one of the ways that you test those things, just ask, are those things really for the common good of the body? Are they really good, really for the common good, for the upbuilding edification of the church? Or do they just somehow exalt Draw attention to that individual. Because when that's the case, when these things that are called Holy Spirit are really just drawing attention, they're really just drawing money to an individual, please hear this, that is not the Holy Spirit. Now that might be a spirit, but it's not a spirit from God. That is not the Holy Spirit. God has given you gifts, Christian. Praise God for that. Desire them. Desire to use them. Desire more of them. But those gifts are not for your exaltation, but for the common good of the body of Christ, for the upbuilding of the people around you. God gives us gifts to help us to love one another better, to care for one another better, to, to serve one another better, to lead, exhort, teach one another better, to comfort or encourage or console one another, as Paul just said about prophecy. God gives gifts to help us to love the world better. God builds us up and causes these manifestations to work through us, not just so we can serve and love one another, but we can also serve and love the world better. We've seen it in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit was given to help us make new disciples to make new Christ followers of all, of all nations. The gift of the Spirit, they help us to love the lost better. The gift of mercy, maybe, helps us to care for the lost better. The, the prophecies, maybe, that will disclose, as Paul says, the secrets of their hearts that they might be brought to Christ. The gift of evangelism, just the Spirit birth power to share the gospel. And you stop and think about the gifts of the Spirit. Do you know what we need the gifts of the Spirit for? Man, we need the gifts of the Spirit to help us fulfill our mission as a church. Our church mission statement goes like this. 
We exist to make disciples of Jesus through gospel-centered community on mission for the glory of God and the joy of all peoples. And the gifts of the Spirit help us to fulfill that mission. The gifts of the Spirit help us in our community with one another. The gifts of the Spirit help us in our mission to the lost. The gifts of the Spirit, they help us to make disciples together. You know, it's another reason I'm preaching this series. Because the spiritual gifts are for our good as a local church. Here on the screen is the title I've chosen for the series, Spiritual Gifts for the Common Good. And it's just a constant reminder that God gives spiritual gifts for the good, the, the upbuilding of the body. Members in the body, a, a, a spirit-empowered community and mission. John Bloom, who writes for Desiring God, he says this, the clear teaching of the New Testament is that God gives spiritual gifts to the church for the common good of the saints and to empower her mission to evangelize the world. So we need the gifts of the Spirit to fulfill our mission as a church. That's, that's four reasons now why I'm preaching this series. Because spiritual gifts are to be understood, they're to be used, they're to be desired, they are for our good. And, and the final and most important reason now why I'm preaching this series, here it is. Because spiritual gifts are a manifestation of God Himself. Because spiritual gifts are a manifestation of God Himself. On two occasions in these chapters, Paul says that the gifts are a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Here, here's 1 Corinthians 12, 7 again. To each, he said, is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And 1 Corinthians 14, 12. So with yourselves, Corinthians, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. And that, that, that's twice that Paul says the gifts of the Spirit are called manifestations of the Spirit. And listen, that is significant. The gifts of the Spirit, as they operate in you, as they operate in our church, well, those gifts are a manifestation. They are a visible, tangible expression of God Himself. When we often think of the gifts as if God out there somewhere, well, God sent this thing, this gift down to us here. But that's not right. Jason Meyer, current pastor for Bethlehem, he says this, spiritual gifts are nothing less than God himself in us, energizing our souls, imparting revelation to our minds, infusing power in our wills and working His sovereign, gracious purposes through us. Or here's how Stan Storm says it. The gifts are God Himself working in and through us 
They are concrete, often tangible, visible, and vocal disclosures of divine power showcased through human activity. A gift of the Spirit is the Holy Spirit Himself coming to clear and sometimes dramatic expression in the lives of God's people as they minister to one another. Gifts are God going public among His people. The gifts of the Spirit are a manifestation. They're they're a visible, tangible expression of God Himself. The gift of mercy is an expression of God, of His mercy. The gift of leadership, an expression of God, of His leadership. The the gift of serving, an expression of God, of His serving all the gifts in some way, a manifestation of, of God Himself. Do you know what that means? You know what that means? When we earnestly desire the spiritual gifts as God commanded, we are in some way earnestly desiring God Himself. When we earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, we are in some way earnestly desiring God Himself. Jason Meyer, I don't know if I mentioned, he is the current pastor of Bethlehem from which this church came. He says it like this. If spiritual gifts are manifestations of God, then in a sense, desiring the gifts is desiring God. And we are not fully desiring God if we stop short of desiring God in His gifts. And you see how this thing works It's not God and His gifts. It's God in His gifts. It's not God out there giving us something down here. No, it's God in here manifesting Himself through something. And desiring the gifts, in a sense, is desiring God Himself. And please hear this. Please hear this. If you are not fully desiring God's gifts, you are not fully desiring God. Why a series on the gifts? Why seek after, pursue, pray for, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts? Pretty simple. Because God commands it. And because God in giving, his, giving us His gifts, He's really just giving us more of Himself. The spiritual gifts are a manifestation of God. And we simply want all of God. We want all the manifestations, all the visible expressions of God that He would be pleased to give us here in this church family. Desiring the gifts is desiring God Himself. So, For all those reasons and more, we're starting out on this journey through these chapters in 1 Corinthians. I'd encourage you to read 1 Corinthians 12 to 14 over the next few weeks. Here's my simple prayer for us as a church. That whatever your background might be with the spiritual gifts, it's okay. Whatever experiences you might have had, good or bad. Whatever abuses you might have seen. I simply pray that God would allow us to read these scriptures with fresh eyes and a soft heart, not allowing our past experiences to dictate God's word, 
but allowing God's word to dictate our present and future experiences. Pray that God would stir our hearts and we would begin to desire God more in His gifts. Lord, thank You for Your Word. We thank You for an opportunity to to pause and to look at uh, these Scriptures concerning the Holy Spirit. We do thank You, Father, the One who breathed out the Scriptures for our eternal good. We thank You. We look to You. We ask for Your help. I would just pray, Father, for all of us, that you would help us. I know here in this room, there are so many experiences. There are as many experiences as there are people here when it comes to the spiritual gifts. And I do thank you, Father, that you are a gracious God, that you are a gentle God, that you are tender, you are kind, you are, you are loving, you are merciful. Thank you, Father, that um, even though our minds see things so dimly, even though we're so swayed by experiences in this life, you continue to work with us and continue to bring us back to the Scriptures. And Lord God, I would just pray, Father, as we start now down this road here in 1 Corinthians, I would just ask for your help. Lord God, I would pray for those now in this room who are just really set against certain gifts of the Spirit. And Father, whatever those experiences or teachings might be where they've come to this place, I know you're gracious, I know you're gentle, I know you won't force, Lord. And and we just pray for them now. I do pray, Father, you would help those individuals not to instantly be set against something before they hear more about it. I pray, Father, for those people, you would give them fresh eyes to read and give them father soft hearts to receive all that you would have for them and father you would you would encourage them and father if at the end of this series there's still the struggle with certain gifts you are gracious you are gentle you are kind and lord we know that doesn't have to disunify us as a body unity on the essentials, diversity on the non-essentials, charity or love in all things. And we know right in the middle of 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, you talk about love. So Father, it would be wrong if we go through the gifts of the Spirit and we are not loving and we are not gracious and we are not kind and we do not hear the other side and we do not listen. So help us, Lord, above all things, to pursue love, to walk in love. Father, would pray for those who, uh, yes, believe in the gifts, but just confused and and not sure and, 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 and just wondering some things and would ask that you just encourage them. And Father, over the next however many weeks, you begin to strengthen them. And Father, you begin to reveal the gifts you've given to this body. Gifts of mercy, gifts of administration or serving or contribution or teaching or prophecy or words of wisdom or knowledge or tongues or interpretation of tongues, whatever it might be. And Father, help us. Help us to use those things, to learn to use them for the common good of the body here. Lord, that we might really love one another and love the world in community and mission. 
Father, you would help us. You'd be gracious, gentle with us. Lead us, Lord. Lead us through your scriptures. Father, we do believe in the all-sufficiency of your scriptures. And that's why we're covering these things, because your scriptures talk about them. So, Lord, help us to submit to your scriptures. Help us, Father. Give us soft hearts, we pray. We thank you, Lord God, for your help um, as we now move through this series. We bless you, Lord God. You are strong. You are able. You are mighty. You are faithful. You are good. You are worthy to be praised, Lord God. And we need all of you, all the manifestations of you that we can get. Lord God, this church, we're just beset on every side with, with, with the enemy and the schemes of the enemy in our world, threats and, and intimidations. And we just need, we need every bit of the manifestations you'd be pleased to give us. And Lord, we don't want to be a fearful church. Father, your, your scriptures where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So we don't need to be fearful. We can trust you to lead us. You've given us guidelines in your scripture. We can trust that the guidelines will help us. And yet, Lord, we also know at times as we try to walk forward in these things, it will get messy at times. And that's okay. There's grace. You let your people try and fail and try again. And you help us through that, Lord. And you teach us through that. So I pray now for Christ Redeemer Church that there would not be a spirit of fear on this church. A fear that wants to control God. A fear that wants to control people. That, Lord, you, you've granted us liberty. And we can trust you. We can trust your spirit. We can trust your word. And when things do get messy, you can help us. And so, Father, give us confidence to just rest in your scriptures and to follow you. May you be pleased, Lord God, to, to bless us with just whatever manifestations of yourself you would be pleased to give us here. So we thank you for it, committed to you. In the name of Jesus, amen.